You are listening to the Painted Goddess Podcast with Jennifer Horatio. This is episode number 57. Welcome witches, it's Wednesday, and that means that I'm dropping a new podcast episode. It is actually Wednesday, as Tuesdays have become kind of this vortex that shifts time, and recording a podcast on Tuesdays has become increasingly difficult despite the fact that really, um, on the surface level, you know, things are quite similar. But let's be fair. Everything has changed. Um, and I'm my brain is like looking for the normal, looking for the sturdy, looking for the security, and it's like in an in in its in its attempt to do this is like in a low level like just exhausted. I've noticed. Maybe you can relate. But it's interesting, right? To kind of watch the way our brain is like searching for that which will like uh, uh, what's the word? Persist. Um, be, you know, be same. My brain is just like scouring the dregs, you know, and, um, during this time that we are all in quarantine, we're really at least looking at, I mean, we're, we're coming up to terms with like, what is essential? What is, what remains when you take away the frivolous? And I'm reminded of a very beautiful and amazing, um, Samhain, I'm sorry, not Samhain, but, um, Mebon ritual that I did once with a witch who <clears throat> spoke about what remains and that just hung with me and this was years ago now but the way that she asked us to consider when stripping away you know when we strip away and strip away and on some level this is the this is the like spiritual quest of our lives right Stripping away, well, what remains? What remains and is that that minimum effective dose, I guess, as Tim Ferriss might say, right? But it's like, what's the, what's that, what's that real juice? What's the actual fuel? We chase around all these things. What's, what am I actually fueling myself on? And for right now, you know, it's coffee and um, cigarettes. Let's be honest. For me, I'm, I'm having a really tough time regulating my nervous system. And yet when I do yoga, I know this is the truth. This is the way is going back into my body. I've been watching the Mandalorian too, by, by the way. So this is the way, but we go back into the body. I, you know, I, 
um, there's this other song that's kind of like on the tip of my tongue. Oh, yeah, closer to fine, right? We look to the Bible, we look to the, we go to the workout, we, you know, all these things, we kind of like seek all this stuff to kind of get us closer to fine, right? And yet, my, um, my wise old age of 41 has, has really taught me, okay, is that there's no closer or further from anything. We are always just as as much as we are ever going to be. And the acceptance of that and the allowance of that, what, what you allow yourself to surrender to can be how, you know, regulating your nervous system is number one. By the way, that's what you're trying to do. If you're actually, you know, if you're, you know, shopping on Amazon, you're um, going for a walk, you're hugging your dog, you're um, drinking, you're, um, <clears throat> you know, taking a drive, you're cleaning the house, you're gardening, right? All these things were, I mean, okay, maybe some of us are enlightened and on Nirvana already and all these things are not coming from a sense of need at all. Um, I think it is still a way we respond to stress is to buffer. And there are some buffers that are healthier than others. And there are some buffers that are this instant gratification and maybe um, kind of keep us in a loop of some kind of needing, like a hungry ghost kind of situation. Or there is this actual feeling of being in the moment and with the thing that we're doing and I'm not saying that that makes it better and all that stuff I know it makes me feel in my body and present it actually feels as though my nervous system is regulating itself a little better when I'm in the breath and I'm gardening I'm speaking to the plants and I'm in the moment Rather than like, oh, I got to get this done. It's just, you know, this task mastery feeling. Anyways, this is how I'm doing. Here's my little five minute check in um, at the top of this little podcast. I like to call the Painted Goddess podcast because I'm Jennifer. I'm the founder of Painted Goddess. And the vision of the Painted Goddess um, container brand. Ugh. I mean... The intention of Painted Goddess is to create magical containers for healing. And that means online, very exclusively at this point. But in the past and in the future, it will be in present and in, in, in events, in, in, um, in person events. And but I also, you know, I really want to emphasize the importance of reaching out, finding your people right now, finding a collective where you don't have to pretend or perform. If you are in a circle or in an event or in a place and you're performing within that sacred space, two, two things look inside. Is the performance coming from a place of feeling like you need to hide your true self in order to be accepted? Okay, that's very likely. It's very um, often what's happening. And 
there is one other thing that I think is very common that could be happening, which is if you're in a place where it's supposed to be a safe space, right? And you're finding yourself performing, right? Questioning what you're going to say next, having, you know, so number one is that it's a habit, right? You're hiding and you're feeling self-conscious, okay? And that's just something that I think evolves through time. And it's still something to work on, working on yourself, loving yourself, saying, these people like trusting, right? Trusting that space is, it can be difficult. I get it. Um, it feels unreal for, for a bit until it is real. Or maybe they're not your people. Okay. Maybe you found something that looks really great and you want to be part of, you know how you just know you're not part of that vibe and that's okay. And it, if it happens to be my vibe and you're like, wow, I actually, you know, it's cool. I'm not for everyone. Every different person who holds space holds it differently. I know a ton of people who hold space. So if you're looking for something and I'm not your deal, I'm not your fucking cup of tea, that's cool too. Um, and I have a lot of resources, people who are holding space that you might really want to work with. So <clears throat> just noticing, right? Noticing how you come into a healing space I know what it's like to feel like I'm performing myself and um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a relief to find a collective where you're not performing and, and, you know, kind of uh, chasing something. It's a relief and it exists for everyone. I believe that. So, Okay. You know, I um, I put out a bonus episode this week, um, a meditation to bring back primal connection. It just something with, that came through as the wind was blowing. I was outside at night and the moon is growing full tomorrow. Um, as I record this tomorrow, the 7th of May to 2020 is the full moon in Scorpio. The full moon in Scorpio is drenched in deep emotional uh, sensitivities and sensual feeling. And if you have been disembodied, disassociating, this may be really this needed kind of embodiment um, coming through. If you find yourself pushing away and saying, I really don't want to be in my body, it's not a feeling of safety, it's not a safe place to feel, you might open up to receive the teaching of the new moon in Scorpio, which is quite powerfully transformative and may be able to soften some of those feelings of discomfort or masking when you're in your body. Okay. As somebody who has um, worked with my own dissociation throughout my life, um, it's a dance and I'm not sure I will ever completely quote unquote heal from that. I've akined it to a clenching of the fist, noticing all of a sudden you're, you're clenching your fist, you know, and, um, you might all of a sudden notice that your shoulders are up or your jaw is clenched or, you know, there's some body indication that you're struggling to be present. And I know this is true for me. And so I just consider this the, the constant unclenching of my fists, the noticing that I am uneasy, the noticing that I have abandoned myself, right? 
and that my body's feeling the tension of not being connected to my spirit and I've sent it away to protect it. Um, and that is something I learned to do in a response to trauma. Okay, that is something I learned to do in order to protect myself. And we are in a time now where we are being traumatized. Now, to what extent is very um, based on so, so many factors that I can't even begin to prescribe your experience for you. Not even a little bit. For me, I have a great amount of comfort because I have a home. I have a great amount of connection because I have two children and a husband and platform like this podcast where I feel I am connecting with people. I have live videos. I have um, a collective of amazing women who I feel like we support each other. Um, and, I, you know, there's levels, right? So for me, I think it's really easy for me in a lot of ways. And yet... There's these little uh, feelings of discomfort that, you know, if I'm being honest, have always been there just about living. <laughs> and I and I kind of dance with how I deal with them. Everybody's I mean, I think everybody's got that in some form or fashion. And so <clears throat> what I want to talk about about today is cycles again. Big fucking surprise. And this time I want to put the um, harvest cycle lens on. I've been really diving into this work with the Astrologic Lab. I took on five clients who let me kind of welcome them into the work, show them what I'm working on in terms of how I would um, teach and show people, you know, guide them through mapping their solar harvest cycle, mapping their lunar harvest cycle, um, and starting to build the foundational blocks of what it looks like to track or, um, what you know, something less. I mean, I, I've been using, it's so interesting, okay? Like the words astrologic lab, right? Comes from that right brain side of myself that's very much wanting to... Um, create data like it's in you know I think people have this innate creativity for the most part that allows them to kind of fall fall this way and that way and and what I'm looking for is um to this program what I want this program to do is to encourage you to capture the data in the moment of when it happens and then um, you build this kind of database of feelings, events, cycles, and which is what I've been doing for the last four years. And when I look back on it, I think, wow, what a fucking trip it's been. <clears throat> and it's, you know, if if you're somebody who um, struggles with consistency, I'm with you. If you're someone who struggles with you know, always feeling creative, artistic, I'm with you. Um, if, if you really don't um, want to take five minutes a day to just check in with yourself, 
like this work isn't probably for you or going to help you. Like you really do have to commit to saying like, no, I'm going to fucking notice where the moon is and I'm going to kind of notice what I'm feeling. And, um, and my, my intention is to offer you tools so that it makes it easier to, to track those things. And then if you're just straight up wanting to learn astrology, through the lens of getting to know your natal chart and maybe a couple of your close loved ones natal charts, right? Which I think is a really fun activity to do is to kind of learn um, your own chart as well as maybe someone you know really well. So you can start to draw parallels and make stories up around what these aspects, planets, whatever have to do. So there's this basic work that's happening um, and I'm creating it in the Astrologic Lab it's meant to be elementary in some form, in some ways. So people who do not know anything about astrology, this is for you. It has you in mind because there are um, basic learning level skills like writing symbols and that kind of thing. And as well as the associations. And yet it involves um, the cyclical work that is very meta, right? So for me, I've been working with astrology for, I mean, <clears throat> since I was like nine, I'm 41. So I'm not, a, I'm an astrologer, not a mathematician, but I think that's a lot of years. Um, <clears throat> oh my God, I can't do math. I'm actually literally writing down this equation and I'm sure my core math children would be like you're doing that wrong um who else is trying to teach core math to their kids not me not me because I don't know it I don't know core math I have to get my son to teach my daughter math which is all the better for me anyways um so and they probably could have done this in <clears throat> much more time so 32 years I've been studying astrology for 32 years and that's not to say like I'm like I don't fucking care. Here's here's the thing is that I am still a fucking new student when it comes to so many parts of astrology. You want to know why? Because it's a deep fucking spiraling rabbit hole of which you will never come out of. And so if you're not interested in that, then you should just like jump ship now too. This is not for you. <laughs> Astrologic lab is not for you if you just want to stay surface level because I think. <clears throat> and you can listen to these podcasts and you can, you know, come to my um, free classes that I'll offer probably on a fairly regular basis to kind of let people know what this works about. And you can probably follow along with some of these, you know, I'm going to be sharing a lot of the tools and um, ideas behind Astrologic Lab on this podcast for free. But I really want to, um, you know, by doing that, call in the people who really want to get to work and look at their natal chart and start to see and be part of this. It's almost like, I mean, this is like um, mapping these harvest maps and this data mining that that I'm encouraging through this program is really a lot about it's almost like the human genome project when it comes to astrology. I want to know who's anxious and why they think so according to planets. And I'm not saying we can blame all of our idiosyncrasies on planets. I actually think that's detrimental to our psyche. It's still putting control outside of us. 
But I also think that the way that I noticed things that I couldn't possibly have noticed about myself unless somebody was really mean and told me, right? That I saw validation of my best self and my worst self in my natal chart. And when I looked at the natal chart, I recognized that I had some work to do. And I came in, you know, based on some evolutionary astrology and shamanic astrology um, themes, I had jobs to do, work to do, karma to, um, to, to, to tend to. And so looking at this harvest work, this lunar harvest um, work, now I'll say the Book of Houses... <clears throat> that I've been talking about in a few episodes back, I interviewed um, uh, April McMurtry, episode 53. If you want to go back and listen to that, we talk about, you know, kind of the re revelation we each had about how this solar harvest cycle work could be um, microcosmed into the lunar harvest cycle work. So um, this is not my idea. This is not my idea alone. But the way that I work with this information as an astrologer and the way that I'm going to present it is all mine. I'm designing templates and worksheets and um, and and ways for for whoever comes into the astrologic lab to really de dive deep into the work and get get going on a, you know, a cycle awareness practice that uh, that helps them to reach their goals, to uncover um, some of the shadow work that needs to be done to heal parts of themselves, um, to help themselves kind of um, work with timing in the universe so that they're not pushing when they need to relax and receive, right? So moon cycles do this already, but knowing this harvest cycle kind of really syncs up with your own natal chart is, you know, is the lab. That's what it, the laboratory is right that's how you become the scientist of your own natal chart and really start to track the cycles and see what it is that unfolds during these different times and it's really based on this book of houses okay and the housing system of the placidus um and other astrology systems so simply put you basically find the beginning of every house in your natal chart, the degree that it's at and the sign. So for instance, my um, first house begins at 27 degrees Gemini. Okay, yours is going to be different. And that's where my first house begins. Then we're going to find where the second house begins, the third house, the fourth house, the fifth house, the sixth house, the seventh house, the eighth house, the ninth house, and the twelfth, tenth house, twelfth house, or 11th house, 12th house, I can't count now. So there's 12 houses in the zodiac wheel. You have all 12 houses in your natal chart. Each house begins at a specific degree based on your natal chart. The time you were born sets this chart housing system. And each of these houses, of course, have a layered multitude of associations. Now, for the Astrologic Lab, we'll look at that on many levels. We'll look at it in association with, um, you know, right now I'm super into this uh, shamanic astrology book, which relates every single house to the sign that is usually ruling that house, right, or lives in that house. For instance, 
Aries is associated with the first house. And so, so there's, there's multiple levels where we'll be working with these houses that we have in our, but the biggest part of it is the harvest cycle, which makes us really, um, progress through different energies that we have in our lives, different aspects of our lives. And when we're, the idea is that when we are noticing the shifts, when we're in sync with this, um, timing with this vibe, it is an extension of that the, you know, the way that a tree, um, works with the seasons, right? You know, if you look at a tree and you say, oh, well, if it acted like <clears throat> a winter tree in the summer, it's like such a waste, right? All this sun and it refuses to bloom. Do you see what I mean? And so when we sync up with our natural cyclical nature, by way of looking at our natal chart, we start to see the data come through and we start to see how we might work with this energy and I think it's super fucking powerful. And I'm really, really excited to share that work with you. Oh, but right now, I'm going to see what my daughter needs. And I'll be right back after this little break. <laughs> Welcome back. My daughter is not adjusting to homeschool life very well. And her entire bedroom has exploded into the rest of our house. So when we talk about harvest cycles, I really want to figure out how to give you guys a real kind of um you know primer for this. Like what are you getting into? And because you know the the Astrologic Lab is a monthly program, it's something that of course, I would love for you to join us and, you know, see it as like your Netflix subscription. It's something that offers value to you, that is teaching you, that is asking you to commit time to your self-care and to work with all of the ways that you are growing. And I also, you know, know that these are weird times and these are financially weird times. And to say yes to something like this may feel frivolous and, and all of that stuff. And I get it. And yet, you know, for me, I'm, you know, I'm also involved in, you know, I have a monthly coach that I pay for. I have a monthly subscription for that. Um, we just bought Disney Plus. I started watching The Mandalorian. There's certain things where I'm like, okay, well, what is it that I value? Again, what remains? And so... If you know of somebody who seems to struggle with working on their um, themselves in a way that it shows up for themselves, you know, moon cycle awareness work and this particular kind of way, I think is going to be a huge aha moment for anyone looking to figure out themselves, um, figure out why certain things are easier at one time than another. Um why they seem to get exhausted during certain times than others. By the way, of course, that has to do with, you know, your fertility cycle if you're still a bleeding woman. But 
beyond this, there's an energetic kind of way that you can look at and dissect a little bit more. And um, let me just, you know, this is, so as I mentioned, all of the work is really based off of the Book of Houses. And so I want to really, um, you know, this grabbed me right away. You know, reading your own chart in this way is very valuable. And I'd never, you know, before reading this book, I had never really thought of it as this way. I thought of it as certainly um, looking at how the moon went through my chart was in alignment with the way the moon grows and shrinks, right? So there's that level of it. But when there's a full moon in my first house, how is that different than when there's a full moon in my seventh house? And I was already kind of doing that work, like trying to see what it was. But this language around the harvest cycle is really, really interesting. And um, using it to deepen that practice of awareness around that cyclical nature that we all have has got me really lit up. So let's share. I want to share with you um, just kind of the, the first, it's, I mean, this is really the first chapter. So this offers that you can use this book as a tool. So honestly, if you don't want to hire or you don't want to come into, you don't want to hire me for a reading or you don't want to, you know, come in and do this monthly work, that's cool. That's absolutely cool. You should get this book of houses and start to work with the astrological cycle, then the harvest cycle in your chart on your own. I think this is something that is just amazing. So I'm going to read to you um, just uh, a little bit from this. This is page 11 in this The Book of Houses by Robert Cole and Paul Williams. The houses in this book are periods of time. And they're speaking about the houses of your natal chart as well. Ranging from 15 to 45 days. Okay, so notice that your um, harvest, your your houses in your natal chart are going to be smaller or larger, right? They're not all the same size if you're doing the placidus um, chart. If you're doing a whole house chart, it is. Each of us passes through the same 12 houses or 12 stages of growth every year. And I'm adding every month in this, in when you're tracking the lunar cycle. And by the way, I have plans to do tracking the Jupiter cycle, which is about a year, uh, Mars's cycle, which is about two years, uh, Venus's cycle, which is about three years, right? All of all of the harvests, okay, all of the planets in the astrologic lab eventually, right? Okay, so the purpose of this book is to provide a basic description of what each of these stages is like and to let you know when each stage begins and ends for you, right? So this is like, that's why I call it a map. There's really like um, a mapping of the year and then also of the lunar cycle. When you notice these shifts, you hit these thresholds when you shift houses. The houses are, so now I'm back to the book. The houses are arranged in a sequence that begins with the house of choosing seeds and ends with the house of harvest. Each house is a stage in the personal growth cycle that climaxes on uh, each year on your harvest day. Awareness of the harvest cycle has been a primary survival 
tool of human beings since we first began to grow our own food. By looking at the stars, ancient farmers determined the best times for plowing, planting, irrigation, harvesting. The position of the stars was recognized as a reference tool, telling us what time it is here on Earth. In addition to the agricultural harvest cycle, based on the seasons, there is a harvest cycle for people that governs our lives, our moods, our growth as individuals. This cycle is based on the progress of the sun each year through the 12 houses of an individual's astrological chart. So you may know of your sun sign, right? That may be your only knowing in astrology, okay? And if that's true, then you are only, you know, seeing like one eight eighth of like your whole chart. I mean, one inth of your whole chart, right? There's so much in a chart. A sun sign, though, we know like the sun goes through each sign once in a year, right? It takes you know, that, that solar return, notice our birthdays, we have a solar return. Okay. That's a solar return as a birthday. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that actually happens at a degree of an actual degree in, um, the sign. And so, you know, just saying that that's a solar return. So there is a heart. Uh, so think of stars, uh, think of the stars as a map. It is not that they influence our lives themselves, but rather as sailors have always known that by looking at the stars, we can find out where we are and what time it is right now, right? So that's this question that, you know, I learned from April McMurtry, who, which has really guided my work in all things woo, by the way, everything. Where is the moon and where am I, right? Everything can kind of be like, where is... You know, you know, where is the line for six feet in front of me and where am I, right? It's always a reference. <clears throat> my experience is important. My knowing is important. And my relationship to that which is outside of me has a place, right? And we get to make meaning about that, but it's always this relationship too. So when somebody says, hey, like I did, the full moon in Scorpio is this sensual, deeply emotional space. And that's not how you feel. That's cool, right? That's okay. You maybe actually could find um, helpful uh, cues as to why that might be in your natal chart, looking at different aspects towards what uh, Scorpio is in your chart, what houses it's in, what aspects are there, what planets are there, right? If you're feeling differently than the quote unquote, you know, normal energy, it's, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just your relationship or perspective to that energy that is actually giving you the experience, in my opinion. And that's why this work is so important. It's so interesting to say, like, I feel uncomfortable. Okay, let's at base level. I feel uncomfortable right now. And you go and look and you're in the 12th house of germination. It's like, yeah, you're going to feel uncomfortable right now. Which is like, sometimes it's that cut and dry and it's like, wow, that was fucking validating. And sometimes it's like, you have work to do and, you know, you're, you're, 
you know, you're not necessarily, you're supposed to actually feel really comfortable with yourself. And the fact that you feel uncomfortable is a sign that there's maybe some confidence work and in self-empowerment that can be done so that you get to feel that fullness of self-expression, right? To feel free enough to live in that self-expression. So it's always, where is the moon? Where am I? Where is the sun? Where am I in this harvest cycle, right? If you've looked at an astrological chart, this is uh, from the book again, uh, you know it's a circle divided into 12 sections, 12 pieces of pie. These are the 12 houses. The first house starts on the far left at the nine o'clock position, okay, always. The second house is the section just below it and so forth, moving counterclockwise around the circle, okay? On a particular day each year, the sun passes over the line on your chart that marks the beginning of your first house, okay? In this book, he's calling, this is resur your resurrection day. My intention is to maybe change the names of these. Um, I don't know. Resurrection feels very... Um, Eastery to me. Um, I don't really have, I mean, words, I love wordsmithing. So anyways, this is your resurrection day. The day each year that your seedling self breaks through the soil and first feels the warmth of the sun. Nine months later comes your harvest day. When your seedling is full grown and bears the fruit for all you've worked for that year. In a moment, I will show you how to find exact days of the year for your personal resurrection and harvest days, okay? So this book actually, using this book as a tool, it says, you can familiarize yourself with your own annual cycle of growth. This cycle begins with the 11th house, the time of choosing seeds. This is the month each year when we decide, consciously or unconsciously, eh, right? This work is happening whether you're conscious of it or not. So knowing when your seed choosing time is, it's like, that's fucking interesting, I chose those seeds. I didn't know I was choosing to be a lounge singer at um, the dive bar down the street, but I was. I didn't know I was choosing to um, be in a codependent relationship with my, um, you know, parents or whatever it is, whatever it is. We're choosing. We're choosing. And this is the time. It's very interesting to look at that and be like, wow, you know what? Actually, that time of year is really full of harvest or or decisions or you know, just noticing, okay, because all of us that have been doing this work, I've noticed when we look back and look at when something happened or when a decision was made for something to happen, um, there is significance. And it's really interesting. And of course, all of our cycles are different based on our rising signs, our 12, our 12 houses. During the 12th house, we plant the seeds, our dreams and let them germinate. The first house is the time when the seedling reaches the surface and becomes visible to the world. The second house is for putting down roots into the soil. During the third house, leaves appear and the plant begins to explore its environment. On the fourth house, pruning and weeding takes place. And the threshold going into the fourth house, which is really, you know, the, um, the IC, it's the bottom of the sky in your natal chart, right? It's the split between the fourth house the third, fourth house, and the ninth, tenth house. It's that mid-heaven IC line in your chart. If you, it, it's, just, it's just the up and down line. Because basically, your chart is always going to be um, sectioned into quadrants. 
And that's where these four personal holidays that he mentions show up. So there's Resurrection Day, Heritage Day, Sharing Day, and Harvest Day. Super cool stuff. So in the fourth house, pruning and weeding take place. The fifth house is a time of branching out. The plant takes on its form. Buds appear and flowers bloom during the sixth house. Seventh house, pollination occurs. And it's the house of partnership, right? So, and then sharing day happens between the sixth and seventh house, which of course is the opposite. It's the detriment. If you have the ascendant and the descendant. So sharing day is your descendant. Resurrection day, your ascendant. Heritage day, your IC. And then harvest day, your midheaven. In this system of harvest. Uh, harvesting the, the houses. <clears throat> the fruit is formed in the eighth house and rises er, and ripens during the ninth. Finally, the tenth house is the time of harvest, followed by storage and processing. And then it's time once again to choose seeds for another full year's cycle. This analogy of the growth of a seedling is most useful to an understanding of human life. It may be that we are not as distant from the world of plants as we imagine. My purpose here is to, to, to present the details of this cycle as clearly as possible and to make you familiar with the exact day each year that each house or stage begins for you. So I read this and I thought, amazing. I get four personal holidays and these kind of sections of my life become clearer. And I mapped myself out and started to think about then, of course, how the moon fits into this because the moon is going through every house of your chart every lunar cycle every month so all of a sudden I don't just have one sharing day I have 13 right it shifts the perspective now for some people that may feel really like sped up and too fast I think everybody through this work that I've been doing with my um, clients I've noticed everybody has a different pace that they're comfortable with. So this work, working with the sun and the solar harvest cycle may feel very nourishing to you. And there may be a few data points that you'd look at in regards to the lunar harvest cycle, especially around new moon time. Because of course, in new moon time, the sun and the moon are traveling together in the sky. So they're in the same house, right? They're in your, in, in one of those houses for you and so that new moon and then the moon's going to travel the sun will kind of stay there in that same house really right and the moon will go around and it will venture out and it will do it's like treasure seeking um message seeking journey around all of the zodiac while the sun stays in that sign and maybe in that same house, right? There can be shifting of houses, but not shifting of signs um, in a placidus chart, okay? So then the moon's kind of like on this little like emotional ride to see how everything feels in the rest of the houses now that the sun is working on this one aspect of harvest, right? So I think there's this really beautiful way that they play together, they dance together, they inform each other. And when this the moon comes back again for another for the next new moon and meets up with the sun, 
there's this merging again of the masculine and feminine, the way we receive these harvest cycles, right? <clears throat> the harvest cycle of the lunar harvest cycle may feel more like a reception, a receiving, a surrender. And perhaps it's, you know, the emotional, um, much, you know, the, the emotional harvest that's happening there. And so when we when we start to really deepen the awareness around these harvest cycles and understanding, um, you know, what's up for us right now, there's this dedication and devotion we can use in this work to align ourselves with the natural rhythm of our life. And I love this intention. I love this work. I love this um, camaraderie that I've felt with um, my friends who are, are now, you know, part of this lab. And I'm really excited to offer this work. And um, one of the other things I'm super excited about the Astrologic Lab is that my intention is to put out content every month around the solar, um, like where the sun is in the zodiac, right? So right now the sun is in Taurus. And so there would be Taurus-related material that comes out this month, right? Next month is Gemini, right? So really the Astrologic Lab, I have it slotted to open for the new moon in Gemini. And that's open enrollment, right? And you go, get to get right in. And there'll be, the intention is to have um, this basic Astrologic Lab template work There'll be a video that teaches you how to do the lunar mapping as well as the solar mapping and links to the tools you'll need, including um, a link to this book, um, the book of houses and different things, uh, which you can look up. You can do that on your own. Okay. You don't, I just want to emphasize, like, you don't need me. I'm going to present all the ideas generally here, um, but the tools themselves that's what you're getting. You're getting the the commitment, right? If anybody's ever had a accountability coach, you know how valuable that kind of thing can be. So if you're committed to learning astrology and to learning your chart and to really um, being involved in looking at that data, and I want to find a way too where we can all share our experiences. So that and that's not Facebook focused. So I'm working, that's one of the holdups that's happening right now as I'm trying to figure out exactly what that looks like and, and how that works. <clears throat> and there's lots of paid ways to do that, but go from the outgo, I don't have the funds necessarily to just pay for a service and, um, and load everything up there ahead of time. So I am, um, I'm working it out and it may shift after a certain threshold of, of um, subscriptions or made people come in and join the work. So we'll see. But there are so many exciting reasons to be part of it because I think that if you if you are somebody and this isn't everyone and that's cool. If you are somebody who really wants to learn about astrology and have ways to work with yourself, especially when you do your magic, like for me. When I'm trying to make a new moon intention, this work has been really interesting to sync up with and say, like, this is what's up for me right now. Like, this is 
this is what my intentions are centered and focused on and how much more powerful can that be when I'm in alignment with my cycle and I found that it's really really good it's really very aligned and um you know I happen to have crossed the threshold yesterday on the fifth into my 12th house So I chose my seeds during this 11th house, and that's when I did all of the Astrologic Lab um, work. Um, all of, the, all of the, the seeking, like with my clients, my test clients, my scientist clients, you know, those five people who kind of welcomed me into their world and let me, you know, kind of try this work on them and ask them to learn the work, right? They, they put in so much time and so much effort into looking at this as how it would affect what it would affect how it would help what it would you know guide them to do and so it um it's still ongoing i still have a session with each of them i think and so um but i'm so proud of the work that they're doing and the correlations they're making and i'm excited to share to like their thoughts about what's going on in the lab and how that how that might benefit others not just my voice for it right so I'm really excited and that's just you know constellating and there are some pieces that I need to figure out and there are some things that right now being in this house of germination um it's really all about trust and being in the darkness and it's like arguably the most uncomfortable um uh, it says it's really worries and anxieties now, but stay peaceful and you will feel new life beginning inside of you. Right. So I've, so like I've planted these seeds of this monthly program where people can come and learn about their own natal chart and others, right. You can map other people's charts with this work. And another way to look at the astrological harvest cycle and the year right and then aligning your own practice with it and there's just this for me there is a little anxiety that's popping up and um I'm sure it will grow and then shrink and grow and shrink but I'm gonna ride through this 12th house time um and I'm really excited to look at the way the moon works with this house because, of course, the moon's going to leave the 12th house, right? The moon um, uh, is actually moving out of the 12th house today, right? It's only there for a couple of days, so it gets to move on and keep teaching me. So I get to kind of learn within that solar germination cycle the moon's going to go and find ways to chill me out and and work through those kind of intense feelings. And I'm going to work with her through that, and I'm really excited. So ah, I hope that was helpful. I hope that that gives you a little more about what the Astrologic Lab is actually about what it actually does. If you have questions, please DM me. I'd love to make sure that it's really very clear about what the intention is. And um, if you're not on my email list, get on my email list. Um, There and Instagram will likely be the first place 
to sign up, like there will be the links first, probably through the email list. But oftentimes I get really excited and I share shit on Instagram like first. So if you don't want to miss anything, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Painted Goddess and get on my email list. Go to paintedgoddess.com and sign up for my emails. There should be a pop up on the first page. And um, I would really, really love to um, connect with you if you have questions or thoughts or even if you're like, I need this in the lab, right? Like there are ways that I feel like this work is flexible and I'm excited to mine the 32 years of astrological, uh, you know, studying that I've done, research that I've been doing and, you know, really integrate everything together to offer something that helps people really understand how astrology can be used to enrich their own lives and to heal from um, both their past and, and future selves, right? The anxiety and the depression that come from, you know, thinking that we didn't do enough or that we're not capable of what's to come. I think that astrology is one of those really beautiful things that helps us focus on um, the now, but also focusing on healing and how, um, especially when talking about cycles, how these things serve us, right? Cycles serve us. Um, and when you look to nature and noticing how each cycle, each piece of that cycle serves the plant, we are not much different um, at all. <laughs> so I love you. Trust. Uh, do something beautiful today. Dance a little dance. Um, make a little love. <laughs> Get down tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. Everything's amazing. And... Everything is terrible. Both things are always true. I hope that you have a beautiful week. Happy Wednesday, witches. Hey, witches. Thank you so much for listening. I enjoy making this podcast and I hope you enjoy listening. If you've benefited from it or want to support my podcast in any way, the best thing you can do is share it or subscribe or even write a review in iTunes. I'm so appreciative for everyone who's done so already. It helps the algorithm find other witches just like you who are looking for stuff like this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope that you have a beautiful week.